Welcome to the Epic Agent Success Podcast with your hosts, Jerry Weaver and Jacoby Kendrick. This podcast is dedicated to newer agents in the business who want the fast track to success. 90% of agents fail in their first year of business. Our goal is to help guide your journey away from the common mistakes most agents make and help you grow and build your business to epic levels you know you're capable of and desire. All right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Epic Agent Success Podcast. I'm here with my good friend and co-host, Jerry. And on this episode, we're bringing you part two from another episode that we actually did. It's the emotional side of real estate. How to deal with your emotions, because real estate is emotional. But in this episode, we're going to be talking about the agent-to-agent relationship and what goes into the emotional side of that, because last time we spoke about it, with our clients, kind of helping our clients not jump off the ledge there. But now we're going to be talking about all the drama that is working (laughs) with agents in here. So let's talk about the emotional side of real estate with the agent to agent interaction, Jerry. Yeah. So last week we jumped in, we hit it up with the, uh, we were going to just talk about the emotional side of real estate. We're going to do a portion working with your client, and then we're going to do a portion on working with your agents. Well, once we got into it and we were talking about agent to client, we were 50 minutes into the podcast and it was like, oh, it looks like we're going to have to do a part two on talking about the agent. And this one can go either way, right? I mean, when you're working with an agent, you know, when they bring their personality into it, it's some transactions are really good. Some transactions are really poor. And over the years, I developed this mentality. Okay, when we're doing a transaction and like I talked to our transaction coordinator, I'm like, just assume we have to do everything. And then if we go from that spot, then it's not as frustrating as you're going through the process on occasion when we're working with some agents. And, and so like that kind of is the spin on the frustrating part of it. But there's some transactions that go really well too. So it could go either way when you mix in all the personalities. Yeah, most of my transactions usually go really well. Everybody that I work with, I usually enjoy working with them. I will say before I joined EXP, right? Because now it's a little different relationship with agents and you're actually looking at like building a brokerage and building a team. Yes. I had the same mentality, right? And so I was like, man, I don't know how long this agent's been, you know, in the business, but there's depending on who you're working with, some people have more attention to detail than others, right? And so because the way that we were trained, you know, me and you and we were brought up. We've got everything set out, ready to go. We've got a process and all that. And so we approached, especially listings, the same way. It's like, hey, whenever we go under contract, just assume that we have both sides of this thing. Let's make sure everybody is has all the information that they need. Let's take care of both sides. And really, it was more like, hey, let us take this transaction and telling the other agent basically to get out of the way, you know, because it's like, all right, we got all the information. We've got the uh, mortgage info. We've got insurance info. We've got everything on this listing. And so really it would start out before the house even went under contract. We would call them up. We'd be like, hey, make sure your client has all of this information that we have here from the seller. They have, they've seen it all before because a lot of agents will just go in there and they'll open the house and just walk around. They won't show them anything. They won't have an MLS sheet. They won't have the seller's disclosure or anything like that. And so a lot of times a client doesn't even know what they're walking into or what the house actually provides for them. So we would do that. And then once we went under contract, yeah, we did the same thing. Or if someone doesn't bring a 
they don't have things written down in the right place or or whatever else. Just lots of things, you know, missing. Yeah. One of the things I did, I remember just kind of going back to my very first transaction. I was writing, and I've talked about that deal on here before. It was a friend of mine who the day I got my license told me they were buying a house. And within three weeks, we were putting in a cash offer on a house. And I remember my first deal, like I I put the offer together and I wasn't sure. I uh, didn't have very good support at the brokerage I was at at the time. So it's kind of flying solo. And I sent the offer over and I remember calling the agent and saying, hey, I sent the offer. Just so you know, this is my first deal. And this guy, he was great. They were, the the team was awesome. Hey, no problem. We got your back. And I even remember there was a part of the transaction. I did an addendum on the inspection. And I don't remember the specifics of it, but he calls me up and he's like, hey, you probably don't want to word it that way or let us know that. Like, you probably want to do this instead of that. And so like, he could have taken advantage of the situation. And yet he worked with a little bit of ethics there and helped me out and able to keep things moving forward smoothly. So that was really helpful. And so I remember being new, like there was a lot of stress and emotion to that. And so the way I was carrying myself, you know, was not uh, with a lot of confidence at the time, I would say. And so that was great. As you know, I still remember that, you know, going back all the way to 2013 and getting that transaction out of the way. Yeah, that's good. I'm glad he helped you out on that one, man. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember specifically what it was, but we still joke about it when we run into each other. Oh uh, yeah, that's really good. So yeah, so the and then to get back to kind of what I was saying is like we would carry the transaction, right? Almost like what your the guy did on your first transaction. He was kind of carrying the transaction there. And so uh my attitude towards that was a little bit different than it is now. So before I'd be like, all right, you don't get it, then we're just gonna move along. If you wanna <laughs> come alongside us and help us help us get this thing done, you can. Or we'll just go ahead and uh, do this deal ourselves. And my mentality was more like, man, I should be earning 6% on this. Or I should be earning, I'm not going to say the 6% standard. I should be earning the full commission on this one since you barely pulled your weight. But now it's more of a collaborative attitude. It's more of a collaborative attitude because, you know, we want everybody to do, everybody to do well. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, it it does get tricky because you, you want to, have that collaborative attitude, but you also want to make sure you have the fiduciary responsibility to your client. And so it's one of those things where a lot of times I think working with other agents, you know, you want to work with an agent that's easy to work together because when you run into a roadblock and we all know that every single deal has something that you're going to have to work through, you want everybody to come up with a solution. And, you know, the fiduciary responsibility is to represent your client, but also if you're helping a client buy a home or sell a home, the responsibility is making sure that that transaction gets to the close as well. And so a lot of times, this is where a lot of emotion comes in and you've got to keep that emotion in check and realize that, you know, you're not negotiating as you would negotiate. You're trying to, you know, you need to represent your client. And, you know, I always fear that if I bring my emotion or my negotiating style into it, where I would tend to take a little more risk, am I putting that home in jeopardy for my client or am I putting that sale in jeopardy? And so there's that, you have to walk that line. And so that's where you have to keep your emotions in check. Yeah. There's a fine balance between getting a deal done. And then what are the actual interests of your client? Uh, You got to really know what they want because yeah, sometimes you get to that point and then 
that's really the main thing, right? This is where the emotions come in. So I guess we'll just go ahead and get into the meat of this conversation. You also got to have some negotiating skills, right? This is part of the issue that I think it is, is sometimes there are agents that just aren't great negotiators. And the only way they know how to negotiate is to just basically be a roadblock, essentially, is what it is, right? Mm -hmm. Like, if I don't get what I want, I'm not moving at all. And I don't know any other options to actually get this deal done. And like, that's where the issue comes in. And then it's like, okay, if I'm not starting to at least get what I want, then ego starts to come into the plan. And it's like, okay, well, now is this your ego or is this you like representing your client? Or are you like just trying not to get this deal done? Well, some agents, I think the only negotiations training they've received is on TV and you know how they see it happen in TV shows and or on Shark What do you mean by that? Yeah, unpack that a little bit. What do you mean by that? Well, you know, that aggressive, like I'm gonna as I when I negotiate, I gotta take the hard stance because I need to get the better side of the train. I need to get the better side of the deal for my client. If you don't like it, you can walk. You know, that that's where the conversation escalates quickly to like, well, if you don't like it, go ahead and send the release. You know, so all right, so that's where we're at. Like we just started talking about this 30 seconds ago and we're already talking about releasing the transaction. You know, we, I love it. Is that know, where we're at right now? Yeah. I was like, okay. You don't know how right. to play the game. Is that where is that where you're at? Is that yeah, where we're exactly. at? Exactly. And so you have to figure it out. And you know, I think one of the in what's it, Chris Voss has never split the difference is, you know, I've read that a couple of times now and really how, I mean, he's got a lot of like strategies in there, but what I like about it is how he pulls the emotion out of it all the time. Always keep your ego and your emotion out of the conversation. So even like when somebody says, oh, send the release, my initial response is, all right, I'm sending it. Really, you're going to kill the deal over that, but you can't do that. Now it's, I've developed this muscle where no, what can we do to keep the transaction moving? And majority of the time, there's something that you can do to keep the transaction moving. There is some kind of common ground there. And what I try to do is keep that conversation with questions to the agent going. And you know, you get three or so if an agent gets really emotional and they're gonna oh send the okay, just send the release, or like they get dramatic like that. Three or four questions, you can usually swing that conversation back around to where you're having a conversation. And so, but if you let your ego get in there, you're never going to get anywhere. And I always think of it as when I'm talking with an agent and I'm trying to work something out, would I be able to work it out if I were talking directly to the buyer or the seller that they're representing? And if I think I can, then there's a way that I've got to get that agent to that point. And so it's just a matter of staying calm and not taking it personal when they get personal. Yeah. And you've got to know the uh, agent's personality that you're working with, right? Too. So there's some agents you just, you do a lot of deals with. And so you just, you can know Mm kind of how hard to push things and how hard not to push things. And it's in the instance that you gave. How many agents you have in Midland? I think we've got about a thousand here. I think is where we're at close to that. Yeah. We have 20,000 here. (laughs) 20,000. Yeah. So you, maybe you don't do as many. <laughs> I don't get as many. As I mean, you know, I mean the top more agents, the top is the top, right? I mean, they're doing the top 5% of agents are doing 80% of the transactions or I don't know if that statistics correct, but you get my point. So there are agents that you run into consistently, especially if you work in a particular area, but you know, I'll do 
50, 60 transactions and I'll have a different agent on every one of them. Yeah, that's super wild. Yeah. That's super wild. Not the case in good old West Texas here. Yeah. The other thing you have to always, you, you don't know where that other agent's at. And I remember there's times where you have one pending deal and like, I need that deal to close if I'm eating, if I'm eating this month, right? And so that changes your emotion behind the negotiations. It changes how you act. It changes. You can say that you have, oh no, 100%. My client is is 100%. But when your paycheck for that week is dependent on that, you know, those conversations are a little bit different, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I don't even know if I want to go down that yeah, road. Yeah, I don't either. Point. I don't even know if I want to just admit that. <laughs> well, the way I handle, I mean, the way I handle that is, is, everybody's interests are aligned. So your interests are aligned with your clients and, and my interests are aligned as well. That's why I think it's better to have a agent who's on a commission. I mean, on a percentage rather than a flat fee, right? Because it's like, man, if I've already been paid for the deal, I honestly don't care if the deal gets done or not. You know, I don't care how much you say you want to get the deal done. So the fact that you haven't done a deal or, or if somebody hasn't done a deal and you got to get the deal done, I mean... Honestly, I think that's in everybody's best interest. You know what I mean? I mean, the buyer wants to buy, the seller needs to sell. Yeah. And a client's not going to do something that puts them in a bad position. So in that case, I don't know if it does matter, but it doesn't matter. I guess the devil's in the details of how you do that. But everybody wants to get the deal done. A client wouldn't make an offer if they didn't want to get the deal done. You know what I mean? And so that's how you've got to frame that one. But we do know the person who wants the deal more loses. And so... You can't be desperate in a deal or you've already lost. Yep. Well, the other thing, you ever have run into the agent that, man, do they, like, I think they enjoy killing the deal. Like, that's where they're getting their power. Like, they, you know, maybe they don't need the money or want the money, but like, their thing is being so aggressive and almost happy to send that release at times instead of trying to work through the conversation. I'm trying to remember what it's just like. So they just get really aggressive and like, well, here's how it's going to be. And like, well, have you talked to your client about it? Or you, know, you get the agent that you deliver some news or you like you send an addendum and they call you up. Well, there's no way they're taking this. I'm like, oh, did you present it? Well, no, I guarantee you don't know everything there is to know about your seller. Like, let's start the conversation. Yeah. So that's exactly what I'm talking about. Right. So the other point is, is you've got it on both ends. So we were just talking about how if you don't have a deal and you need to get a deal done, and then now on this end, it's like you got an agent who's got so many deals, they don't want to get a deal done. So one as- neither aspect is good for the client being at the extremes of either end. And so that's exactly kind of what I was explaining there. It's like, man, yeah, let's get the deal done. Let's try to make this thing work. And if we can't, then we can't. But you've got the extreme on both ends that are not good for the clients. And that's why it's important that like all of our documents be clear, like our addendums or the details in the purchase agreement. And so I always try to make it clear. So I always have at least a baseline to come back to like, well, this is what we agreed upon. And, you know, where can we go from here? And like that, I'm just thinking about the times like where we negotiate, you know, there's the times there's basically three main times, right? So you negotiate the purchase, then you negotiate, uh, you know, then you might have to negotiate repairs and then you might have to negotiate an appraisal. So those are the three points that create the most emotion in a transaction. 
Yeah, I would say repairs are are definitely there. And the other thing is, is you've got to also be able to weed out your clients' emotions with the other realtors, right? Sure. I mean, I've had a situation where one of the big things that comes up for us is when we do the final walkthrough, and then some people's expectations of clean are not the same (laughs) as other people's expectations of clean. Or we had a situation where like the movers had banged up some Mm -hmm. stuff and the buyer's like, well, I'm not going to sign because these guys, I can't remember what they did. They like either broke the blinds or something like that. It was, it was like a small item, but the buyers were like, I'm not paying for it. And then, you know, I had an agent, they're like, well, Jacoby, like, what are like, do these people want to close or not? And she's like, why are they making a big deal out of this? And I'm like, (laughs) what? Like, well, because it's a big deal to them, you know? She's like, well, we just need to get this deal done. And I'm like, yeah, we need to get it done. But your guys like banged up the house and now you're trying to like pressure on these guys. And so it was like she didn't want to do the work at the end of the deal because her folks had already signed. And then my the buyers are coming through and and seeing stuff that wasn't the way it needed to be done. We had and that one like, when we were out in Temecula. You spent like half of our trip on the phone, or at least not half of that exaggeration, <laughs> with that one where the repairs weren't done or like... Oh, yeah. Stuff. I'm getting ready to bring that one up too, man. <laughs> okay. You had all that buyer and seller emotion. And that's where the agents really have to do their job and come together. And you were having... And that's where like perfect example of like the ego, right? The agent on the other side of that deal wanted to be the heavy and... It's yeah. going to be... Yeah, how it's going to be. And you didn't call me back in like five minutes or anything like that. It's like, man, whenever I get an update, I'll give you a call back. But us us talking to each other is literally not going to do anything. And the crazy thing is, I mean, yeah. And, you know, I actually have a rule with that agent now because, I mean, he had my my assistant all worked up. And like, she was like, I'll get on the phone with her and she's like crying. And I'm like, man, dude. You're making the assistant cry. Come on. Yeah, man. Like. I'm okay with me, right? Like I can take a lot of stuff, but my assistant has absolutely nothing to do with this deal. She's just trying to help us get this deal done. And so he's like going off on her. And so I'm like, all right, man, meet me at the property. Like, I mean, we're not going to go blows or anything. You know, I'm not really worried about this guy, but I'm like, hey, man, meet me at the property. Show my jujitsu channel, didn't you? Meet me at the property. (laughs) I'm like, hey, man, (laughs) meet me at the property so we can get all this stuff done. Because the thing is, it's like he wanted all these repairs done. And then he's like, if they're not done, we're going to do this. And all I can do is say, hey, my client said they were done. Here's the proof that I've got that it's been done. And then he's getting upset. Like, man, you guys aren't getting this done. I'm like, hey, man, like, this is a transaction between our clients. Like, chill out. Your client asked for something. We're going to, I gave them the request. They're getting it done. They said it was done. And then come to find out, like, my client didn't get it done. And so now it's like, okay, they didn't get it done, man. Like, let's work through this. So then it's to the point where my client wasn't getting things done. So I'm like, hey, man, you meet me at the property. Well, he said all this stuff on the phone and gotten everything all riled up that like now he's made it crazy for when me and him meet at the property. So like for me, it's like no big deal. I'm like, hey, man, we'll go and talk about this stuff. So we meet at the property. So there's all this commotion about these uh, outlets not working. And I'm like, hey, man, they said all these outlets are working. And so we get there and he's like just walking around the property. Just I don't know if he's nervous or what. I'm like, man, is he on drugs? Like, what is going on? He's just like (laughs) he's just like pacing back and forth and like going all over the place. And he's like, these outlets aren't working. And I'm like, "Okay, man, well, did you test them out? Like now we're at the point where me and you got to like 
micromanage this thing, which is ridiculous already. And it's in a sense, like I'm at a property plugging stuff into outlets. But Joey's come on, walking man. around with his fan. <laughs> no, dude, I had my iPhone charger. <laughs> I had an iPhone charger and literally plugged it into every single outlet while he was there. And I'm like, bro, which outlet doesn't work? Like, tell me. He's like, I don't know. Check the inspection report. And I'm like, bro, we're both here, man. Like, which one doesn't work? I plug something into every single outlet. They all work. Like, what are we talking about? So now we've got now emotions are running high, right? So now his client has been wrong on a couple of things because his client's saying the outlets don't work. My client's been wrong on a couple of things because they said they did some repairs that didn't get done. So we're both like, in not necessarily in the wrong, but we're just missing each other by a little bit. And now I'm trying to get this agent to get on the same page with me so that we can get our clients calmed down. And he's just going off. And I'm like, all right, man. So then my clients come to the property. And so we're walking around talking about stuff. And so I've identified to them. I'm like, hey, like you guys said you were going to do this. And obviously like this is not done. So we've got to get it done. Well, I'm like walking around with them and he's still there. And he like, and then like I turn around because I'm like, all right, man, we need to talk after my client leaves. He leaves. (laughs) He left while we were there. And I'm like, bro. I'm like, what the hell is going on? I've never had a transaction like this in my entire life. And so I'm like, all right, man, if this deal gets done, it gets done. And finally, my clients were like, all right, we're going to do these things you told us to do. And then if they don't want to buy the house, we'll just put it back on the market. But it was a trying time because that was the time when interest rates were going up. So they really wanted to sell the house, their investors, you know? And so, but man, it's like, dude, if you are with another agent at the property, like, let's just get the deal done. Here, That's a perfect example of if you had gone into it with ego and not tried to keep the thing moving forward and just like, you didn't want to deal with the guy or deal with the inspection. Like, I'm not doing any of that. Like, that deal's dead. If you don't that have an agent dead. that wants to keep that thing moving, that deal's dead. And now the buyer missed out on something little and the seller missed out on a opportunity to have that, you know, to move on to the next property. So like so many big things are affected by sometimes that end up being really small issues. All based on ego, right? It was all based on ego, the buyer's ego and not my sellers didn't have any ego. They just, they weren't actually doing the repairs themselves. They had someone else doing the repairs. They just, this, the repair didn't get done, right? They were fine with whatever, but it was just, and it might not even have been, now that I look back on it, the buyer might not have even had issues with anything. It might have. Now I look back and I go, mm-hmm. it could have just been the agent the whole time. Correct. You know, yep. the so agents, now <laughs> some agents create problems where they don't exist. And what it is, is that's why I ask the question a lot. Is this something that you've talked to with your talked over with your client? I ask that question all so many times to agents because am I talking to you or are we talking to the client? And sometimes that's not going to be different because an agent's going to guide their client, right? So if an agent calls their client and he's all worked up, then the client's going to be like, oh, I need to be worked up. But just be somebody who delivers information, not emotion. That's exactly right. Because it might not matter. Like if some clients and your client, when they went through the walkthrough, some clients were are like, oh, the blinds broke, whatever. There's a scratch in the wall. We're painting anyways. Like they don't care. But some clients, that's a big deal to them. They feel disrespected or or it's just adding to one other thing that's on their list today. And so 
that's why you can't make it about you and how you feel about it. It's got to be about how the client feels about it. I remember this one deal we closed and you're talking about the walkthrough and uh, the language on our contract is it has to be broom swept. Is that the, what do you guys have for final walkthrough? Like, what is it? How clean does the property have to be? We have no guidance on how clean the property has to be. Ours has to be broom swept and all the personal items removed. So we showed up to one walkthrough, final walkthrough. And this was one of those deals where we're doing the final walkthrough on the way to closing. So if something goes wrong, you it gets a little squirrely. Hairy. Yeah. So we get there. There. So this is a, like an 1,100 square foot ranch with a basement. There's 97 gallons of paint in the basement. Like old paint. Like every single color that had ever been put in that house in 50 years, the gallon is in the basement under the stairs. And the neighbors. (laughs) And you can't like, so, and you can't just like throw paint cans away. So we get to closing and I'm like, you know, my client wants it taken care of, but he's not really emotional about it. And I'm like, well, this has to be taken care of. Well, then the agent starts to like really elevate the emotion in the room. So then I'm like, is this face to face? This is face to face. Buyers, sellers, agents, title, lender. We're all in the room. Oh, cause y'all close together. Yeah. Oh, and so wow. I'm like, all right, we need to go. Why don't we go to the next room? Me and the agent. And like, he's making it all like defensive and emotional. I'm like, I'm like, this is an easy one. Like, it's got to be taken care of. And well, we can't do it. He doesn't have the time. And I'm like, all right, then a thousand dollars and we'll take care of it. A thousand dollars. I'm like, well, yeah, because you can't just get rid of paint. You can't just throw it away. You know, he, this is going to be an inconvenience for him. And you guys didn't want like, well, he just thought he'd leave the paint so they could use the colors. The paint is 40 years old, <laughs> some of it. And so like, we're, I'm like, well, no, that's not, I go a thousand dollars and he'll take care of it. He, well, I can't take him that. I go, well, then you need to come up with a reasonable solution. And so we put a grand in escrow and he had to have it out within 48 hours. But now you run <laughs> in a situation where the seller's going into a house he doesn't own anymore. Right. So like that gets a little squirrely. So. Yeah. You gotta love the. <laughs> the everyday oh, transaction. Here's another one. We we're selling a house. I got a couple getting a divorce, and I meet like literally it was not quite. Yeah, it was the day before closing. I met the them over there, and like I, I changed the lockbox to make it so the agent could do their walkthrough, and so I did a couple things, and everything looked good. They had already moved out. Well, the next morning, the the buyers go to do a walkthrough, and she calls me up, and she's like, "The light fixtures are all gone." Like the chandelier in the dining room. I'm like, what are you talking about? The light. I was just there yesterday. She sends me pictures. Like five light fixtures are not just like lamps, light fixtures gone. The the wife or the ex-wife went in that night and took the light fixture she wanted. She's like, I love these uh yeah. light fixtures in here. Yep. And so it ended up costing the seller him, it ended up costing like fifteen hundred bucks at the table. Cause it was like it cost him fifteen hundred bucks for like $400 in light fixtures, but because they were going to have to hire somebody to do it. Like, so it was like, but that got like, that was an instance that initially was emotional. And then as I talked to the agent, the two agents were able to bring it down, calm it down. You know, you're, you got a house, you're selling in a divorce situation. Like the emotions are already high. You know, so there's a lot of emotion. So we just had to pull all the emotion out of it. And I had to pull my seller, the husband aside and say, Here's the deal. We cannot close and you can fix the light fixtures when we can close, or I've got them to agree to $1,500. And he's like, well, this divorce, this is exactly what he said. Well, this divorce has already cost me like 15 grand. So what's another 1,500 bucks? 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. I go, and you're not done paying yet either. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so just emotion, and but it's important as the agent not to bring your emotion to your client. Yeah, and I think a lot of that runs into too now in the times we're in today is that a lot of agents don't know their clients, right? They get them off of Zillow or Realtor.com or something like that. They're just meeting them for the first time and they don't really know who they are. And they're definitely not doing buyer consultations or doing anything where they actually speak and know what their client's interests are. And so when you don't know what someone's interests are, you're just kind of fighting and swinging in the wind. And so I think that has a lot to do with it as well. Well, and some of it, the, you know, last, especially 18 months, well, not the last four or five months, but for the 18 months prior to that, I mean, we weren't negotiating hardly anything, right? I mean, it was like, do you want to buy the house? All right, here's what you're going to pay. Yeah. yeah that's exactly it, right? right? Like waiving inspections, waiving appraisals, covering appraisal gaps. You know, okay, you can do the inspection, but we're not covering anything. You know, so there, there was nothing to do. And so I think a lot of the agents that, thrived in that and don't have the skill set to walk through these scenarios are struggling right now. Yeah. And one thing I want to go back to is what you said about, is this you I'm talking to, or is this your client that I'm talking to? You know, I think that's yes. a really good question to ask because a lot of agents, they do take, they take a lot of liberty in what they negotiate or what they say, or, or they even use that as a negotiation tactic, right? Because the amount of times you can get some the other agent to go back to their client, you know, it's almost like a tennis match. I hit the ball, then you hit the ball. I hit the ball, then you hit the ball. And the thing is, is the more times you can get the other agent to go back to their client without you having to go back to your client, you're actually winning that negotiation, right? And so I'll have agents ask me questions. Actually, I'll get here's one situation I had. We had a uh, we do a lot of investment properties, off-market deals, finding distressed properties and all that. One of the agents, they're like the top agent in our area. They've been the top agent in our area for a very, very long time. And I found this home and it was in pre-foreclosure. It was about to go into foreclosure. I think the people could, could pay it. I don't know how it got into that situation, but I ended up calling one of my investors and I'm like, hey man, this is pretty crazy. This house is on the market, but it's actually pre-foreclosure. I think you might have an opportunity here. And so we go look at this house and we look up, you know, you can tell what the mortgage is and when it originated. So we looked at how much we thought they probably owed on the mortgage and all that. And so we made this offer and it's a low ball offer. Like it's a, you wouldn't take this offer unless you were in trouble, right? Well, I, we send this offer to this agent and she's like, oh my goodness, Jacoby, why would you, she goes, why would you make an offer like this? And I was like, excuse me? <laughs> I'm like, first of all, I'm not making the offer. I'm uh, making an offer for a client, first of all. And second of all, and she's like, they would never accept this offer. And I'm like, first, and so I'm sitting there wondering, I'm like, I don't even know if she knows what's going on with this property or yeah, anything. And she's like, if this property were to sell for that price, I would just buy it myself. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, well, are you going to present this offer? Or are we going to continue to talk about this? Like what's going on here? And so she's like, well, I will present it. And I actually, these people happen to be in the medical field. And I know quite a few people in the medical field. And I was talking to somebody and they were like, yeah, you know, one of my friend's houses is on the market. They haven't gotten any offers. And I was like, wait, what house is it? And so he tells me the house. And I was like, bull crap. They haven't gotten any offers because my client put an offer in on that house. 
So she like, she never presented the offer to her client on the offer that we sent in wacky and wild. That was one of my epiphanies when I learned like you can sell the most amounts of houses in a town and not be the best agent uh, as well. It's just wild. So so it's like, why are you letting your emotions? I don't know where that comes in at. It's like, do you not want to present this offer because it's so low and your offer, the client's going to think badly of you or what? You have to present every offer by law. We get that all the time. So I have a client that write, I probably write five offers a week for this client and they're all low. So we look at houses that have been in the market like 90, 120 days and we make offers. And a lot of times we're making offers sight unseen and they're low and he probably gets one out of 15 accepted, or at least we get into a good conversation, but it takes, you have to do that because you don't know what the seller's motivation is. And man, do agents get emotional about low offers. (laughs) Like, well, I, that's ridiculous. Or like, why, well, that's just stupid. Why would you even send that? Or you know, like, why would you even send yeah. that? What is going on right now? <laughs> yeah. But in the, my always thing is like, well, how many offers do you have? Well, we don't have any. Well, yeah, you do. You have one. Exactly. It's the best offer you have is my offer. So crazy, man. I just don't get it. Yeah. And that's where the emotion all comes in. It's like, yeah. well, why would you even submit that offer? It's like, well, why would you even have the house on the market? Like what? Yeah. <laughs> If you're not going to present offers, it's like, man, if I get a low offer, I could care less. It's going straight to my seller. Yeah. Immediately when I get an offer, we send it over to the seller. Yep. Like, hey, I don't sit around. Got an offer. You got an offer in on your house. I'm going to get, I'll give you a call here. I'm going to let you, you know, I let them look over it. And I was like, I'm going to give you a call here in just a little bit to go over everything. It's, it's like, their decision. And I'm going to go through how, like what I think a good strategy would be on how to handle that. But it's their decision. And, 100%. and I don't always know the seller's motivation. You know, sometimes like they're in financial trouble and they don't want to share that with you, right? They're not going to, that's not a part of what, that's just not in the conversation with you. You don't know what their, some of their motivating factors are, especially if they're embarrassed because of it or if they have emotion behind why they're selling. And I literally just had that happen. Like I had a seller, we got a lower offer in, right? And he changed. He literally, and things change for people day to day. Yes, like it could literally be one thing today, and it can be totally opposite tomorrow. Client, his dad passed away. Like that changes everything for everything. you. Like yeah. what mattered to you yesterday literally does not matter to yeah. you today. If someone you love passes away, anyway. So we get this offer in on this house, and this gentleman, he's got a significant other in a different state. Well, she actually came in town and I think she like, I don't know what they talked about, but they had a conversation and this offer that it wasn't way far off, but it was pretty far off. Right. And they had a conversation and then he comes back to me and says, cause I actually recommended to him that you don't counter. I'm like, you think you can get this? We're getting a lot of showings on the house. Like I would recommend you don't counter on the property. And then he called me back and he goes, Hey, are those people still in? And did we counter, you know, on this? And I don't know why he asked me if we countered because we didn't, but he asked me because he wanted to counter basically. Yeah. But he's like, well, offer him this. And so then it was like, okay, well then I offered him that. It's like, man, you got to present everything. It's not up to me. It's up to them. Like, it doesn't matter what I think or, anyway. Or you ever have uh, kind of back to clients here a little bit, but like you get an offer, oh, man, this offer is low. Like, you know, you don't say it, but. This is ridiculous. So you send it over and they're like, oh yeah, we'll take it. What? Can we counter please? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's like, okay, I think you can like squeeze a little bit out of it. And some people are like, no. And then some people are like, yeah, but yeah. 
I 100% agree. But the point with that is, is like, don't let your emotion as the agent and then coming from the other agent, because it's not about the other agent, right? The other agent, here's the other thing too, that really gets agents in trouble, right? It's like, okay, me and you agree on something. This is why I always do things in writing. I don't do anything on verbals anymore. Even if I know the other agent, I don't do anything on a verbal because now this is going to cause a problem between me and the other agent. Because what will end up happening is, is me and the other agent that we'll, we'll talk and we'll be like, okay, hey, this is what my client wants. And then that other agent goes back to their client to get them to sign the agreement that we talked about. And their client goes, oh, I changed my mind. And so then it's like, oh, well, now I'm mad at the agent or the agent's mad at me because my client changed their mind and it had nothing to do with me or anything of my control, right? And so this is why I always write things down because then emotions really do get involved. It's like, man, well, you told me that you know your client was going to do this. It's like, well, that's what they told me, (laughs) you know? And now you're pissed off at me because my client changed their mind, which is why you always get everything in writing. Anyway. And it's also good for your client too. Like if you're talking like repairs and they've agreed to something, well, before you present it, I'm going to have them sign it. That way there's something, when they sign it, there's something that goes on in their head that this is what I'm agreeing to. And so there's no room to change it. They're mentally bought into the fact that that's going to happen. Yeah. Where if they just I mean, I, say it, we can still change it. And I talk to agents all the time. They're like, yeah, I don't deal with so-and-so anymore because they screwed me on a deal one time. And it's like, well, we probably should have had that written down. That's why I always do text messages with my clients as well. We talk about something. Mm-hmm. And then right afterwards, I text them. I say, hey, just so I'm clear or just to recap our conversation, blah, 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 blah in the text. And then they say, yep, that's exactly right. So now I've got it in writing. Just like you said, it's it's also not to hold their feet to the fire, but it's also like psychologically to lock it in. Like, oh, this is what we talked about. And yes, okay, I remember saying that. Yeah. And it's like the, you know, we talked about this weekend when agents call you to say, oh, I'm sending an offer over on your house. And then crickets. <laughs> and then yeah. I don't ever tell my client this, but like, oh, hey, we, you know, you could tell your, hey, we got an offer coming over on the house tonight. Well, then... 8.30, they text you anything, 9.15, anything, 10 o'clock, anything, 11.30, anything. Uh, I guess I'm going to go to bed. I guess they're not going to offer. You know, like, you've ruined their night because you told them there's an offer coming over. And then my night is like, I'm hitting refresh on that email like every 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah. And so it's the emotion behind, hey, I'm sending the offer, but then you don't end up getting it. Didn't you say you just had one like, It's like three or four days and it ended up like a hundred grand low or something. (laughs) Yeah. Three or four days. Yeah. hundred grand low. But the thing is, is I can't get mad at the agent for that. Right. So we're talking about agent to agent here. I can't get mad at the agent. It's their client. It's like they had to get some money uh, worked around to make sure they would be able to do the deal and all that. And so my point is, is let's not be shooting friendly fire on the agents because clients are not knowing what to do. So, all right. So I think, Man, I'm getting all emotional thinking about the emotions here. Is there anything else we need to hit in this uh, oh, man, it's just conversation? Countless stories, though, isn't it? After you just start sitting here thinking about it, and like, oh, I remember that deal and this deal and that deal. And yeah. And there's some that are have been phenomenal. Some really, really good agents out there to, that are a lot of fun to work with. I got one right now that, and it makes a difference. So here's one. I guess I want to touch on this. If you're an agent, you want to be the agent other agents want to work with especially like if you're in a competitive situation, like if I got two agents and one that I've had trouble with and one that I've worked really good at, 
I want that other guy. I want theirs to offer to be the best offer for my client. And I'm going to work to make that happen. Um, That's exactly right. You know, if you're the better agent and your offer's lower, I'm going to you to tell you you're lower and I need you to fix it because I want to work with you because I know you're going to get deals done and that's good for my client. Exactly. So that guy who had my assistant crying on the phone and all that, if I've got two deals and they're very close, I'm going to tell my client, hey, I've done deals with this guy before and it's ultimately your decision, but this is what has happened in the past and this is how they like to do things. So you're exactly right. I would say that's a part of my X factor. We talked about X factors a little bit. I got one of my good buddies a house because one of our one of the investors that I work with, he had a house listed. It was listed with another agent and he knows how how we do business. And we weren't even the highest offer and he still took our offer partly because he doesn't need any more money, but <laughs> but he took our <laughs> offer because of our X factors what I'm going to yeah. say. He knows we're going to get the deal done. He knows what type of people we are and that actually meant a lot to him, which was interesting. So so wrap All up, right. I mean, be the agent that you want to work with. That is the key. Number one, treat people like you want to be treated. Number two, treat people like human beings because we are all the same. We're all on the same footing. Give people the benefit of the doubt, but always keep your, always represent your client's best interest. So we got to talk about the emotional side of real estate here. And like I said, man, I'm getting a little emotional talking about the emotional here, which usually isn't the case for myself, but I love it. And so if you got any value from this episode, we would ask that you would uh, give us a five-star rating and review. We love five-star ratings and reviews and share this episode with someone that you know and let them know what you got out of it. So that is it for myself and Jerry signing off. We'll catch you on the next one. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Epic Agent Success Podcast. Make sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And if you've received value today, we hope you'll give us a five-star rating wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Don't forget, we love sharing our experiences and offering tips to agents looking to grow. So come join us on our Facebook page, the Epic Agent Success Podcast, and stay connected.